Genre. Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are splashing through Disney's The Little Mermaid one minute at a time. I'm Kestra Dorowski. I'm Andrew Dorowski. And today we are again joined by Thomas from NeverEnding Minute. Welcome back. So glad to be back again. Thank you for having me. You know, I, I hope that your fingers and toes aren't getting too pruny uh, being, no, no, being in no. the ocean this long, but <laughs> we appreciate you being no. here. I've spent a week in a swamp. One time, oh. and <laughs> it, I made it through okay through that, so this isn't too much worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are discussing Minute 8 today, which begins with Ariel and Flounder swimming through the hatch in the sunken ship, and Flounder saying, this is great! Not quite like that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it was that sincere. <laughs> no, not quite like that. And it ends with a shark trying to bite Ariel and Flounder, and it will eat them. We'll see what happens. Minute eight of The Little Mermaid features Ariel finding a fork and a pipe in the sunken ship, and a shark attacking Ariel and Flounder. That's all I'm allowed to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my first note about this is... This is an extremely fragile ship because Flounder is able to like bump into part of it and chunks collapse. <laughs> yes. I have a note that says, does Flounder break the ship? <laughs> like he does some impressive damage considering he is, he's not big. I mean, yes, he's apparently bigger than Ariel is wide, but I still don't think he would have a lot of impact. No. I mean, he's still a fish and they don't have a lot of, Right, and he established previously. He's like, I can't swim that fast. He said that in uh, at the end of Monday's minute or or beginning of Tuesday's minute. Yeah, um, right. Which I don't know if that's true. I I bet Flounder can swim pretty fl- pretty fast. Pretty Flounder. Yeah, flounder can <laughs> swim fast. Um, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know how fast Ariel can swim. Right. No, the thing that startles Flounder, the skeleton. I have a big problem with that. It's oddly shaped, to say the least. I don't look very closely at it. I can't even figure out what race that is. I, I don't even know if it's human. It could be a mermaid skeleton. We don't see the bottom half, um, do we? No. It, you see, it's just got this weird protrusion out that's almost like a nose, but it's almost kind of like an arm or something as well. Okay, I'm just it's, throwing this out there. It could be one of the Sharkanians that we've we've met in the TV series. There's a race of mostly shark mer people. Like they're they're much much they're much sharks, more, but they're, they're not like arms the shark and we faces. See. Yeah, like they are pretty much all shark, but somehow they're just a little more anthropomorphized. Uh, so yeah, so maybe this- it's it's some sort of oceanic race <laughs> maybe because he's got most of the facial features of a human like he's got the nose hole and the eyes holes and you can see his teeth down below but there's just this odd protrusion coming out of the middle of his face that's like looks like an arm bone almost hmm. maybe maybe the skeleton was partially collapsed or something i've maybe yeah i i have I, no no better explanation <laughs> than that i'm also just 
kind of surprised that they just put a skeleton in the ship. Yeah. Yes. They could have had something else dark. scare him. It's a little dark for for Little Mermaid. Yeah, I was I was surprised when I saw it. I was like, "Whoa, that's like that's a skeleton! Mm-hmm. Like somebody's dead on this ship." This is a children's film, right? Do you think that person was alive when the ship went down? Hmm, I no? would say probably not. Okay, because they're sitting calmly at whatever they're doing. It looks like I don't know what I guess. Maybe it's I don't know the what captain, they... though, and he went down with the ship. Oh, possibly. He's just he's that steeled to to be able to just man up and sit down and take it. I don't know. Now, am I remembering correctly that there was a sword? I think so. Near in, him in the as scene. well? Right. There is a sword near him as well, yes. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe it was being attacked by pirates, and that's why it sank. I mean, we don't have a lot of evidence for why it went down. Mm-mm. Um, if it if it is from Frozen, then it's just a big storm. If it's connected to Tarzan, then it's a fire. A fire. Um, so there's not really a, a good way to tell. And and at this point, it's definitely been down there for a while. So you can certainly say that all of the the damage we see to it could have been after it went down. Right. So there's no way to tell really if any of that damage was the cause of it sinking or. Uh, a contributing factor, or whether the damage was done before it sank. Yeah. So when Flounder knocks into this thing, this it reminded me of something that I, I know most people know, but it reminded me of, as a child, I figured out really early about the way they did background cells compared to movement cells. Mm-hmm. And you can see the, the texture difference. Right, the, right and you can kind of see that here and it just reminded me that you know i remember as a kid when i first realized that thing's never going to move cuz it's painted differently than this thing that's obviously going to move in a minute i think the first <laughs> time i truly truly like started to recognize that at least the only one i can remember um as early as possible is from a goofy movie uh and there's a wall of lockers and they're they're all green and then there's one that's like a very different shade of green. And that's the <laughs> right. one they interact with. I'm like, wait a second. Like that one that one doesn't even look like the others. Mm-hmm. Like, why is that one weird? And so yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of the evidence of that on the post that he hits. And we saw some of, right. of that evidence in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs too. Yeah. Um the backgrounds were all watercolor in that one, so it, it it's right. quite different. But I also think they made a very strong effort to try to hide it whenever possible. Like the things that needed to move, they, or that the characters needed to move behind. Yeah. They made a lot of room for the moving objects. So they would animate like an entire, um, an entire desk with the drawers instead of just the drawers or something like that. So uh, it's interesting to see how that evolved. And in this case for, for little mermaid, this is when they started using some computer stuff to help do the layering. Right. But they were also trying to tie in old um, things as well. Like, they tried using a multi-plane camera, but um, it had... It, it hadn't been maintained. It had, it, it, yes. <laughs> it was not... It did not work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they had to come up with a different way. Which I think but. whatever way they came up with is suitable for this. I mean, it, it works with the progress. But that's just one of the... I. Probably hundreds of ways. I, I don't know, maybe just dozens of ways that they were trying to 
um, mimic some of the classic Disney stuff was, was trying to return to form. Another big one, which we, I don't think we've talked about yet is the use of physical models for a lot of the action. So it, we talked about how Ariel's movements aren't very natural uh, to our right. eye as, as a human, but um, most, or at least a lot of physical reference was taken for Ariel um, from an actress and they put her underwater and they filmed like to see how her hair would move underwater. Hair, right? but also along with her hair, uh, with the, the live action uh, actors reference. Yeah. Um, it, they also used footage of an astronaut's hair. Let me just double check oh. the name. Uh, <clears throat> the astronaut Sally Ride. They they used footage of her hair to base Ariel's hair underwater, as well as the the, the actress. The who actress. who was the physical actress that did the performance? I I mean, we have um, footage behind the scenes footage of them literally just having a camera set underwater, and they had the actress jump into the water and and swim up to the camera and you can see some of the shots that they really just mimic the live actress was sherry lynn stoner okay and i'd say the biggest difference between how they did it for this and how they did it for snow white was in snow white and and i think even up through at least sleeping beauty there's definitely references for sleeping beauty where they were putting the physical the the physical reference actresses and actors in costume, in costume, wow. and on like a, a real set. Yeah, they would put them on a st- on a set or a stage where there was enough room. And I've seen, um, I've I've seen footage of for Sleeping Beauty, uh, the woman dressed in the costume doing the dance moves and twirling, and like that looks <laughs> just like the animation. And and they weren't even animating directly from that it was just um artists reference sketching reference from that which they then turned into the animation images so they were getting it in their head but she was just you know kind of twirling back and forth Mm -hmm. and i could see like how they took the movement from the dress she was wearing and turned it into the dress in the in the film even though the film style isn't I mean, out of all the classic Disney ones, I'd say Sleeping Beauty is one of the most uh, stylized to a, a, an artist's um, right. style. And But even then, I was like, this is like uncannily similar to me. But for, <laughs> for Little Mermaid, um, they didn't make such an effort to put people in costumes or to, to build sets. Uh, they also didn't have a lot of money because the animation department was being talked about being put put down, down. yeah and, it was being downsized at the very least and and was yeah. in a smaller studio space so they this had to make the, two this was the first movie of the renaissance right yes, yes. yeah um and so and and uh, for quite a while they've been doing movies that were much more focused on animals so their their experience animating humans as the leads was probably a little rusty i think i mean you you have it in aristocats and you do have it in the rescuers but um great mouse detective has almost no humans and Oliver and Company is really focused on the animals and, and much less on the humans. Right. So, and, and then you get things like like Robin Hood um, and Bambi, which I mean, Bambi's a classic, and not, not the not part of the Dalmatians. Um, yeah, so you you do have a cycle where there's a lot of focus on animals, and so animating humans might have been something that was pretty tricky for people to get back into and say it's like no, we need you to make them look like people. And animate them like people and make people the the emotion driving force of this. And 
I bet that it was hard. And I think the physical reference was in part trying to capture some of the, the old school techniques, but also I would guess it's in part just to, just so they can say, let's get some reference. Let's, right. <laughs> let's get a little practice. Um, but seeing the setups that they had for some of these references, I mean, for, for the water stuff, and and as a result, I think most of her modeling she was done. She did it in just a bathing suit or or leotard, basically. Um, and she would just jump in the water and and swim up and and do that for hours at a time, so they could get you, different angles. But then when they were doing things for on land with Prince Eric's reference and and Ariel's reference, they they had like a wall that they painted one color. And then they taped some lines on it and even taped them at a bit of an angle. So that it was sort of a, a perspective line right. as, as their reference point. And then that was about it. And then if they needed a, a little bit of setting, it's like, well, here's a chair. Step on that. Like we don't have. Here's a broom else. for, for rowing. Or oh, the rowing sequence is one of the, the, the most entertaining things on the featurette. Cause they, they matched footage for trying to do the rowing for, for the sequence before kiss the girl. And, Eric is sitting on an office chair and he's got like two brooms at his side and he's just pretending to row and somebody's pushing <laughs> the chair across the floor. Like, nice. Just pay attention to Eric. Don't pay attention to the guy. And they film it from above so they can get the angle. And it like it looks just like the shot. And it, so it works. They were able to to manage it. But it's very entertaining to see how they had to make this work pretty much on on a microscopic budget for this element of it. You know, they just yeah. got... Uh, you know, an actor for Eric, an actress for for Ariel, and said like, "We really need you guys to just give it your all and help us get these motions right." And and these weren't like known actors or actresses. I think um, uh, what Sherry Stoner, Sherry Stoner was like kind of a uh, she was in like a comedic troupe in L.A. Right. and was just kind of trying to make it, and she got a steady job doing this for a little while, and and that sort of thing, and they. Also, they don't especially look like Ariel and Eric. No. Um, which, yeah. for, for the classic Disney ones, they would have gone for an attempt to make them look very similar to what was going to be drawn from them. Now, do you guys mind if I drop a small plug here for somebody? Go for it. <laughs> so, I would be I would be very remiss if I didn't bring this up, but I have, I have many nieces, but I have a niece who was the perfect age when this movie came out, and she absolutely fell in love with Ariel and Little Mermaid and so much so that she grew up to for a while work at Disney at like Disneyland as um, the backstage stuff and the actor stuff and she currently lives in Corpus Christi, Texas so if anybody's there you can check this out and she owns her own business that is she is a mermaid she's a performing mermaid now so she is one of the performing mermaids. That's so cool. Yes. So she started this business. They do birthday parties. She does swim lessons. Um, she's really built it up. She teaches other people how to be mermaids. And so if you're if you're looking for it, look up Sparkling City Mermaids down in Corpus Christi, Texas, and you can uh, get a mermaid out to your child's party if you'd like or something like that. Well, that is fantastic and and well worth the plug. So, if you need a mermaid and you you happen to be in that area, go for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, the physical references I think do come into play through this sequence, especially with some of the hair. That was something that they yeah. needed to to make work. 
when they needed sequences like this that include flounder, they used a puppet. Okay. I just had to. Was that, that when they were still planning on Breaker the Dolphin or? No. Breaker the Dolphin was cut pretty early on. Okay. And they switched to Flounder. Yep. It was a puppet though. Okay. I I don't remember where we got started on that tangent <laughs> talking about the, the physical model reference. Yeah. Oh. I think it was well, something about the, the backgrounds and, and that right. stuff. I did have a, a note about the way her tail moves and it kind of ties into what you said. I think mermaids probably don't have a whole lot of bones in their lower portion of their body. Or maybe they get to because, be smaller bones. Yeah, she's very serpentine. Yeah, and like, the tail seems, I think, a bit long. So it's not like her legs are tucked into it. it well, it Because right. it gets narrow, but then it, it runs a little longer than long, it would. But also, like there are times when I'm like, when I've compared her as a mermaid to her human form, and I feel like she's taller or longer, longer as a mermaid, as a as a as a human, actually, a human. there it might just be because her fins are long, are pretty long, but the mm-hmm. tail itself isn't as long at certain times. But okay, I don't know. There I wouldn't is- say she's one of the tallest Disney princesses. No, no, no. <laughs> um, which is fine because she's younger. Uh, but I, and maybe it's just some of the effects, especially in this sequence and swimming through the the porthole and things like that, where she seems especially narrow, and so her length seems a little hard to determine. Yeah. Um. And I, I would say that the the fins certainly make that um happen as well, and the way she's twisting uh, is as as you said, the serpentine. Yeah, she's definitely also one of the more lithe princesses as well she's very small small frame yeah and i i think that's probably um a design choice to to help her stay to help her track as young in this film or, or at least in this sequence but also maybe just part of the style of this film um in general i don't know if if you could compare eric to princes in in later films whether he's uh, atypically narrow or or if he is as broad as the others um but it's nice to see a little bit of diversity in in the shapes and sizes that you get yes uh let's see oh i have a question can fish okay. shiver because flounder <laughs> definitely shivers after he, he, he so he scares himself when he knocks things down and he swims over to ariel and he is shivering like crazy well, Disney's never had trouble crossing the lines of what animals can and can't do. So yes, I think that just, <laughs> this just carries that over. They really want to give that that human quality to all the creatures that they're using, especially if they're character creatures. That's fair. I mean, fish also don't talk, as far as we know. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. I noted that the music throughout this sequence and, and through the rest of the week does a lot of Mickey Mousing, which is kind of they don't do so much with the sound effects they do a lot of it through the music and so like the crash when flounder crashes into the the ship it's it's mostly underscored by music crashing and not so much uh the sound effects of wood crashing yeah or at least uh more than other films would do it Mm -hmm. definitely so i'm happy to see that uh that heritage of disney making it through into these movies 
So I missed, you said in your notes that she gets her, um, she gets the fork in this minute, but you said she also gets the pipe in this minute? Uh, I think so. Yeah, because she, she gets a, a, well, you don't really, you get a brief glance of her seeing, getting the pipe, but yeah. not really. Okay. And, and actually in the film, you don't see her put the pipe in the bag. It, it ends up being distracted by the shark the entire time. But she she picks it up when Flounder is f- being scared and like heard heard the shark oh, swim okay. by. But she uh, she's like, she I only, wonder what this does. And it, and it's at the very end of the minute. It's within the last five seconds yeah. that the pipe makes an appearance. I was too busy focusing on the shark. I think. <laughs> I, I well, and the like I said, it, you never see the pipe go into the bag, and right. so she it, she yeah. holds it up. Uh, we cut to the shark. I think she's holding it again in a minute. Maybe. But then both the pipe and the bag disappear during some of the shark chase in the next <laughs> minute. So, right. I, it, but we know she ends up with it by the end of the week. So somehow she she did get the pipe in. Uh, yeah. So I had a note okay. about the fork or the. Dingle Is it going to be the same note that I have about the dingle hopper? <laughs> Is it a shrimp fork? Oh no, <laughs> that's mean. That's not. <laughs> that's not what I was thinking. Me either. Uh, the thing that I was thinking was, Flounder says, "What is it?" And obviously, it's a trident. There's a really big version <laughs> in your daily life. <laughs> like no, you know what that thing looks like. It looks like Dad's trident. That's not what I was gonna say, but wow, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, what is this thing? I don't know. It's a dingle hopper. Um, um, it looks it's like a like mini. It's a mini. Tritons. It's a mini trident. Trident. <laughs> you see a giant fork all, all the, time. the time. Yeah. Um, but my note was it sparkles right sparkles, when you sparkles. first see it, and if if it seems like they're pretty far, like deep into the ocean, but how would they? How would it sparkle? I mean, they're able. To, I mean, the light did hit the ship. Right for yes. for that glamour but it's shot also at the beginning. Inside, well, there's just a, a a space. Maybe the glass that's in that back mirror window is reflecting the light in to hit the. Yeah. <laughs> or there's just like a tiny crack in the in the deck above. Okay. Um, I mean they're definitely close enough to the surface that you can see light, but also later when they're leaving the ship. They're not that far from the surface. Like, you can look right. up and see the surface fairly clearly. Right. Which, I mean, I don't know what that's like and how, how deep you go before it becomes weird to see the surface. Or at what point you can't really see the surface. I've never been that deep. And I, I'm i actually getting really, really uncomfortable thinking about it and, and like being <laughs> that deep and then looking up. It's like, there's the surface. I don't know how far it is. Okay. Um, I'm calming down. I'm not going to get Should too worked on? up about that. <laughs> um, but I, I'd say it's not crazy deep for, for them. And there's definitely natural light making it in. So the sparkling fork, not too crazy. Okay. So I just, while you guys are talking, not that I wasn't listening, but I looked up <laughs> a shrimp fork. Mm-hmm. And there's, I, I, if you care to look for it, I may, I may send you the link for this. There's a fork that I'm looking at right now called the Volrath. Mariner, and it's an oyster shrimp, oyster slash shrimp fork, and it looks exactly like this fork. So they may have been doing that intentionally—a seafood fork. 
It's three tined. It's got the same shape to it. It's one of the tines bent kind of out a little bit. A little bit, yes. Okay, then I would say <laughs> that's probably what they're going for. Is a an enhanced version of that, so it it tracks for the for the animation. That's interesting. I I appreciate you doing that research. We had not researched <laughs> uh, the possible forks that this Dinglehopper might have been. Yes. Uh. I'm 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 all set for Well, my yeah. last note I just have to say is with Ariel not being like the best of friends, like like she is best friends with Flounder, they're best friends, but she's not the best friend. Like, there are some things that Ariel should learn, which we don't really see her learn throughout the film. Right. Um she she's like Flounder, relax. Like, nothing's gonna happen. And she's just looking at... Things the- always happen when you two are together and away from the castle. Yes. Like, it happens all the yes. time. <laughs> but also, as she's saying this, Flounder is being... is right there, and the shark is coming up to, up the, window. to the window. Which- and I'm like, Ariel, you're not even looking at your friend who's freaking out. Mm-hmm. Ariel, you don't know that something's not going to happen because something yes. is about to happen. But maybe because he always freaks out, she treats it as a little bit of the boy who cried wolf, which is not a good excuse. And you should She's- always trust your friends who, like, like take a minute and address your friend's concerns. Like, people's emotions are valid, even if you think that they might be a little bit excited. Like, take a minute and address their emotional concerns. Yeah. She's very, very self self absorbed. Yes, uh, she is. She is not paying much attention outside of herself, especially when she's around human stuff. Yes. Um, oh, I did have one more note because we do get the beginning of the shark attack. This shark has a very me- messy method of attack. Like this is not <laughs> subtle. It's just like I'm gonna crash through everything to get this little fish. Well, I guess when you're that big, though, what choice do you have? It's not like he could sneak in there. True. <laughs> okay, that's, that's that's a good point. But still, he's like, I want this one little fish, so I'm going to break everything. Uh, and we have not mentioned this shark does have a name. Yes. Okay. This is Glut so, yep, the Shark. Yep, Glut the Shark. That's what the animators refer to him as, and that is what his name is. He is I- Glut. The shark. I kind of feel like he should have made another appearance in the film. He was supposed to. I nailed it. He was supposed to at the <laughs> at the end as Flounders bringing Ariel to the wedding ship. Mm-hmm. Um, he's supposed to chase them again, and then oh, he I, dies. Oh, but that was cut. Oof. That was not what I was expecting. I was expecting him to do something nice. No. <laughs> Whoa. I have. I have questions on sharks, but I'm more than happy to save that for the next minute. Let's save it for tomorrow. You'll join us again? Sure. All right. I'd be happy to. Then that's all we have for today, listeners. We are part of Dueling Genre, and you can find us and many other podcasts at DuelingGenre.com. There, you will also find a link to a Patreon page where you can support all Dueling Genre productions. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at DizMinute, on email as DisneyAnimationMinute at gmail.com, and on Facebook at the Disney Animation Minute Secret Essential Listener Society, or Damsels, group. Our guest, Thomas, can be found at growlermedia.com slash neverendingminute. You can find us there. You can download any episodes there. Check us out on Facebook, Never Ending Minute, or the Listener Society, Never Ending Minute Listener Society. You can get us on Twitter at nevendmin. And if you want to find me, I'm at 
I almost did it one steel sister. I always do that because I, <laughs> I hear her say it so often. You can find me at the Wookiee Lips on Twitter and Instagram. That that would be your your co-host on Neverending Minute. Yes. All right. Until next time, listeners. Thank you for making us part of your world. Bye.